Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi, read by your host, me, Eli. Chapter 3. As soon as he gets home, Geppetto fashions the marionette and calls it Pinocchio, the first pranks of the marionette. Little as Geppetto's house was, it was neat and comfortable. It was a small room on the ground floor, with a tiny window under the stairway. The furniture could not have been much simpler. A very old chair, a rickety old bed, and a tumble-down table. A fireplace full of burning logs was painted on the wall opposite the door. Over the fire, there was painted a pot full of something, which kept boiling happily away and sending up clouds of what looked like real steam. As he reached home, Geppetto took his tools and began to cut and shape the wood into a marionette. What shall I call him, he said to himself. I think I'll call him Pinocchio. This name will make his fortune. I knew a whole family of Pinocchio once. Pinocchio the father, Pinocchio the mother, Pinocchio the children, and they were all lucky. The richest of them begged for his living. After choosing the name for his marionette, Geppetto set seriously to work to make the hair, the forehead, the eyes. Fancy his surprise when he noticed that these eyes moved and then stared fixedly at him. Geppetto, seeing this, felt insulted and said in a grieved tone, Ugly wooden eyes, why do you stare so? There was no answer. After the eyes, Geppetto made the nose, which began to stretch as it soon as it finished. It stretched and it stretched and it stretched till it became so long it seemed endless. Poor Geppetto kept cutting it and cutting it, but the more he cut, the longer grew that impertinent nose. In despair, he let it alone. Next, he made the mouth. No sooner was it finished than it began to laugh and poke fun at him. Stop laughing, said Geppetto angrily, but he might as well have spoken to the wall. Stop laughing, I say, he roared in a voice of thunder. The mouth stopped laughing, but it stuck out a long tongue. Not wishing to start an argument, Geppetto made believe he saw nothing and went on with his work. After the mouth, he made the chin, then the neck, the shoulders, the stomach, the arms, and the hands. As he was about to put the last touches on the fingertips, Geppetto felt his wig being pulled off. He glanced up and what did he see? His yellow wig was in the marionette's hand. Pinocchio, give me my wig. But instead of giving it back, Pinocchio put it on his own head, which was half swallowed up in it. At that unexpected trick, Geppetto became very sad and downcast, more so than he had ever been before. 
Pinocchio, you wicked boy, he cried out. You are not finished yet. And you start out being impudent to your poor old father. Very bad, my son, very bad. And he wiped away a tear. The legs and feet had still to be made. As soon as they were done, Geppetto felt a sharp kick on the tip of his nose. I deserve it, he said to himself. I should have thought of this before I made him. Now it's too late. He took a hold of the marionette under the arms and put him on the floor to teach him to walk. Pinocchio's legs were so stiff that he could not move them. And Geppetto held his hand and showed him how to put one foot after the other. When his legs were limbered up, Pinocchio started walking by himself and ran all around the room. He came to the open door, and with one leap, he was out into the street. Away he flew. Poor Geppetto ran after him, but he was unable to catch him, for Pinocchio ran in leaps and bounds, his two wooden feet as they beat on the stones of the street, making as much noise as twenty peasants in wooden shoes. Catch him! Catch him! Geppetto kept shouting. But the people in the street, seeing a wooden marionette running like the wind, stood still to stare and to laugh until they cried. At last, by sheer luck, a carabineer happened along, who, hearing all that noise, thought it might be a runaway colt and stood bravely in the middle of the street with legs wide apart, firmly resolved to stop it and present any trouble. Pinocchio saw the carabineer from afar and tried his best to escape between the legs of the big fellow, but without success. The carabineer grabbed him by the nose. It was an extremely long one and seemed made on purpose for that very thing and returned him to Mastro Geppetto. The little old man wanted to pull Pinocchio's ears. Think how he felt when, upon searching for them, he discovered that he had forgotten to make them. All he could do was to seize Pinocchio by the back of the neck and take him home. As he was doing so, he shook him two or three times and said to him angrily, We're going home now, and when we get home, then we'll settle this matter. Pinocchio, on hearing this, threw himself on the ground and refused to take another step. One person after another gathered around the two. Some said one thing, some said another. Poor Marionette, called out a man. I am not surprised he doesn't want to go home. Geppetto, no doubt, will beat him unmercifully. He is so mean and cruel. Geppetto looks like a good man, added another. But with boys... He's a real tyrant. If we leave that poor marionette in his hands, he may tear him to pieces. They said so much that, finally, the carabineer ended matters by setting Pinocchio at liberty and dragging Geppetto to prison. The poor old fellow did not know how to defend himself, but wept and wailed like a child and said between his sobs, Ungrateful boy, to think I tried so hard to make you a well-behaved marionette. I deserve it, however. I should have given the matter more thought. What happened after this 
is an almost unbelievable story, but you may read it, dear children, in the chapters that follow. Chapter 4 The Story of Pinocchio and the Talking Cricket, in which one sees that bad children do not like to be corrected by those who know more than they do. Very little time did it take to get poor old Geppetto to prison. In the meantime, that rascal Pinocchio, free now from the clutches of the carabineer, was running wildly across fields and meadows, taking one shortcut after another toward home. In his wild flight, he leaped over brambles and bushes and across brooks and ponds as if he were a goat or a hare chased by hounds. On reaching home, he found the house door half open. He slipped into the room, locked the door, and threw himself on the floor, happy at his escape. But his happiness lasted only a short time, for just then he heard someone saying, Who is calling me? asked Pinocchio, greatly frightened. I am. Pinocchio turned and saw a large cricket crawling slowly up the wall. Tell me, cricket, who are you? I am the talking cricket, and I've been living in this room for more than 100 years. Today, however, the room is mine, said the marionette. And if you wish to do me a favor, Get out now and don't turn around even once. I refuse to leave this spot, answered the cricket, until I have told you a great truth. Well, tell it then in hurry. Woe to boys who refuse to obey their parents and run away from home. They will never be happy in this world, and when they are older, they will be very sorry for it. Sing on, cricket mine, as you please. What I know is that tomorrow, at dawn, I leave this place forever. If I stay here, the same thing will happen to me, which happens to all other boys and girls. They are sent to school, and whether they want to or not, they must study. As for me, let me tell you, I hate to study. It's much more fun, I think to chase after butterflies, climb trees, and steal birds' nests. Poor little silly. Don't you know that if you go on like that, you will grow into a perfect donkey, and that you'll be the laughing stock of everyone? Keep still, you ugly cricket, cried Pinocchio. But the cricket, who is a wise old philosopher, instead of being offended at Pinocchio's impudence, continued in the same tone. If you do not like going to school, why don't you at least learn a trade so that you can earn an honest living? Shall I tell you something, asked Pinocchio, who is beginning to lose patience. Of all the trades in the world, there is only one that really suits me. And what can that be? That of eating, drinking, sleeping, playing, and wandering around from morning till night. Let me tell you for your own good, Pinocchio, said the talking cricket in his calm voice, that those who follow that trade always end up in the hospital or in prison. Careful, ugly cricket, 
If you make me angry, you'll be sorry. Poor Pinocchio, I am sorry for you. Why? Because you are a marionette, and what is much worse, you have a wooden head. These last words, Pinocchio jumped up in a fury, took a hammer from the bench, and threw it with all his strength at the talking cricket. Perhaps he did not think he would strike it, but sad to relate, my dear children, he did hit the cricket straight on its head. With a last week, the poor cricket fell from the wall dead.